this podcast is created on Awabakal and Waramai land. We pay our respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. Welcome into the realm of sluts and blood magic, where we work together to have more fulfilling and pleasurable relationships, sex lives and menstrual cycles. I'm your host, Jem Campbell, a sexologist, dietitian, nutritionist, period empowerment guide and menstrual blood witch. Let's get into this week's episode. I also want to chat about my upcoming mastermind, Free Your Flaps. Free Your Flaps is for vulva owners who have struggled with the appearance of their vulva and mostly with confidence in having sexual experiences due to how their vulva looks. It's going to be a two-hour workshop that runs from 11am to 1pm on the 15th of March and that is Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time, so essentially Sydney time. If you're interested in learning more and have struggled with loving how your vulva looks, in particular your labia minora, which is your inner flaps, then I really encourage you to have a look on my website and on my Instagram at the conversations that I've been having around the Free Your Flaps movement that I have started. And you can actually sign up for the waitlist. The link is in my bio. When you sign up for this waitlist, you'll be notified when tickets go live for the mastermind if you're interested in sex coaching with me i am offering 50 percent off for the first five people to book a sex coaching session with me you can head to my website and use the code 50 dash off that's five zero dash o double f in capitals to get 50% off your initial sex coaching session with me. And remember, if you don't live local to Newcastle, Australia, I do offer Zoom sessions. Check out the links in the show notes. I'm also hosting a patriarchal rage full moon circle gathering here in Cahaiba, New South Wales, on Sunday, the 5th of March, at 12pm to 2pm. You can purchase a ticket to the event using the link in the show notes. The purpose of this circle is to allow space to release all of the patriarchal rage that we have been holding in our bodies. This might be rage as someone who's hurt you, rage at the patriarchy as a whole, or rage at internalized misogyny. It can be any of these things. And we're going to do a burning ceremony, some vulnerable shares, breathwork, ecstatic dance, as well as a cord cutting ritual. This is an event that you don't want to miss. Keep in mind, this is an in-person event. Tell your friends, bring your partners, bring your siblings, anyone who you feel needs a little bit of healing. I'm so excited to see some of you there. Okay, so now we're going to chat about the importance of communication in healing healthy relationship patterns. A lot of us tend to get triggered in relationships due to childhood trauma and childhood wounds such as abandonment wounds or wounds from previous adult relationships such as being cheated on, abuse or lack of commitment from your partner, etc. It's so important that we have open and transparent communication channels with partners from the very beginning of our relationship or from the very first date. Uh, Like when you first start meeting someone and you start hanging out and going on dates, this communication needs to start straight away. And this really sets a solid foundation for the relationship. And uh, so, yeah, I guess, Amy, can you offer any advice or tips to the listeners who may maybe struggle a little bit with assertive and upfront communication or just having difficult conversations? Yeah, I mean, that question in itself, we've got so much to look at as well. So I think initially being really clear with yourself and asking yourself some important questions maybe leading up to a date could be really important um, and play a really significant role in how that date unfolds or the future of that relationship with that person unfolds. I think being really aware of 
you know, why you're going on the date. What is it that has attracted you to the person? How you're even feeling in your own body are all really important things to start off with. So if you have time before meeting somebody to get really clear on why you're going out with them for the day, um, I think that's going to serve yourself well in the long run. So when you come back from that date, you know, you can sort of check in again with those questions. Maybe you actually want to write them down so you can sort of do a pre and post date little analysis with yourself. Mm. Sounds a little bit formal, but, you know, I think tracking our thoughts and behaviours is really important when we are healing and when we are trying to get out of certain patterns. So because we can easily construct something differently in our mind we can think that we've done a where actually we've regressed and done b so i think yeah like asking having some questions set out and doing a little pre and post date little sit down reflection with yourself and going over those questions that you ask yourself before you go out with them you know like how did i feel in my body on this date um did we talk about things that made me feel inspired and comfortable and safe and happy did i feel good or you know was it um did it make me angry did it make me feel like did it remind me of someone that i don't have a good relationship with in the past was i feeling was i doubting myself did i feel jittery or unable to speak my truth do i feel maybe like i was being judged so all these things i think are really important to look at initially if you're not getting a good gut feeling and if you're not feeling comfortable in yourself i think you just have to learn to say no like it doesn't end with that person so just knowing yourself that if that one didn't work out there's like a million other people around is really not a big deal at the end of the day you don't have any attachment to them and if you're finding that you are struggling with attachments i think doing some real deep dive work on figuring out maybe your attachment style um looking at your relationships when you were growing up with significant caregivers and then also significant intimate relationships in your life um as an adult or as a young person um and figuring out you know what roles they played um and maybe what you like your takeaways from them what did you learn from them whether they were you know negative experiences let's say or positive experiences or just you know um it could be could be anywhere on that continuum i think really understanding important people in your life and how they've impacted on how you function now is going to help you better understand your like your attachment styles and how you relate to the world around you and to you know people and you know dating is the world around you so how you relate in dating how you relate in intimate relationships and then how you relate with yourself when you're with them and when you're away with them so having some sort of insight into your attachment style i think is really going to feel um like that jumping off point and understand maybe why you do things um so i would say all of that would be like some really important things um which sort of leads into asking yourself are you making a conscious decision here or are you allowing yourself to be pulled along or falling into or chasing a certain sensation um sometimes i believe that we probably get wrapped up in these um temporary good feelings um where we really got to catch ourselves and and ground ourselves so i think i was you know talking a bit earlier about um some strategies myself for healing was you know really getting back to earth and to nature and grounding myself so trying to take yourself somewhere out of your mind um and just reconnect to earth could be really good when you're trying to get clear on that as well um and then yeah asking yourself is this a conscious decision that i'm making um i think yeah is probably definitely worth pondering over for a little bit you know sometimes decisions can take a bit of time you might need to give yourself a few days as well to mull over things um and then i think you know if you are now in some form of dynamic with someone whether that be like um could just be in the dating phase or it could be something a little bit more committed you know i think having some form of check in is really useful 
Um, so whether you want to make that, you know, like a weekly thing or a monthly thing, however often you believe that to be needed. Um, it's like we'd service our cars. Like you take, hopefully we take our cars like to the mechanics every so often to make sure they're running. You know, you want to do the same thing with that other person that you are so interested in. You want to make sure that you're showing up in a, in a healthy way, that they're showing up in a healthy way. And that the relationship is basically being serviced. Um, if we don't do those check-ins, we can very easily overlook things. We're just human at the end of the day. Um, and we can become resentful. Our partners can become resentful. And, you know, like little little shadows can build up. Um, so I think to make sure that everyone is still enjoying their time together in the relationship is really important. Um, so actually I'm in the middle of creating like a little free downloadable like check-in guide. Oh, so, amazing. Yeah. Dude, Ooh. we are like so on the same page, like with so many things like our brains. Like I was literally going to do a similar thing, like a template for like part, like I wasn't going to do it like soon, but in the future, because M- Brody and I, my partner and actually my best friend Ace, we do check-ins as well. Yeah, that's so, that's cool. so cool that you're doing that. I think it's like big ideas by what's her name, Elizabeth Gilbert or something. And she talks about like in the universe, there's all these ideas floating around. If it, and if it comes to you, but you don't act on it, it's going to go find someone else to bring it to life. Mm. Um, I feel that happens so often. Um, but yeah, the, the check-ins, I mean, I think that's important to acknowledge. You, you don't just have to do it with an intimate partner. You can do it with yourself if you're single as well. Um, to check in with how you're feeling about different like topics in your life you can do it with your friends like you were saying um but yeah super important given I guess the the topic of this of this potty is is um healthy relationships and I think it's important you know sometimes you allocate time to do a date night like you allocate to go out to a fancy restaurant and get like nice wine or something and you know maybe you, you talk about interesting things happening in politics or you talk about the gossip in your friend circle I don't know but maybe you don't actually give any time to the two of you and like you don't mm-hmm. acknowledge what's actually transpiring between the two of you energetically. Um, and I think it's important to make space for that. So maybe the new date nights also need to include um, like a discussion around that. So it can be all sorts of things. It could be sex space. It could be not sex space. It can talk about like your internal worlds, what you're both experiencing, how work is what stresses you have on your plate, um, maybe things that you do and don't like about your own communication or your partner's communication. It's really just a way to get the conversation started. Um, and sometimes people, I know myself included, might find bringing up a pressing question really random and like, when do I yes. ask my partner yeah. this question, you know? Um do I just say it while we're in the middle of cooking breakfast or, you know? Like, do I just pop it on them? <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. just do it when we're having sex? Like, what do, like, when they're trying to relax after a day at work? Do I just on them when they're stressed at work? Like, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. Oh, great yeah, point. So, great point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's respecting, like, if our heads, like, life can be, we're balancing so much in life, you know, I think if your friend comes to you, your partner comes to you with a, with a, urgent question about something that about your dynamic with them if you've had the shittiest week at work and you're really hungry and you just want to get home and cook dinner and like zonk out um you know probably not the ideal time to ask so if you have like a little decided and mutually agreeable pocket of time together where you're like we're gonna you know doesn't have to be formal with the meeting minutes you could just like set a really nice intention make yourself some herbal tea put some incense on that's so me at least like that's what I would like to do and just like get yeah cozy pleasure and- it up baby yeah, <laughs> yeah totally like um Pete and I had like a little one when we stayed at QT a few weeks ago in the city and <clears throat> they had a really gloriously like big bath so we like made a bath put lush bath bombs in and we just had like really good chats in there with our gin and tonic and like sorry gin and soda because he hates tonic um what an animal yeah. I love tonic yeah I know I <laughs> don't know what's up with that but anyway. um yeah so definitely I think prioritizing and making time you know I don't think it's ever too early mm. in a relationship or in a dating situation to 
you know, actually get to know how they're feeling and share how you're feeling because that's super important. And I think if the other person doesn't agree with that, then that probably highlights that they're not um, suitable for you right now. Yes, absolutely. I love everything you said and I fully agree. Check-ins are something that isn't really spoken about a lot in, I feel like, with relationships, Um, especially monogamous relationships. I feel like it's Mm -hmm. like check-ins are very common with uh, ethical non-monogamous relationships because, I mean, it's you're not going to be able to have multiple partners and multiple different sexual relationships and Mm. things with people if you don't do check-ins. It's going to fall apart. It's probably not going to, like, it's going to crumble and people are not going to know what's going on. But with monogamous relationships, I feel like it's maybe a little bit less likely for people to prioritize check-ins because with ethical non-monogamy, you're kind of forced to. You kind Mm -hmm. of have to because you have to be like, okay, what's happening with this partner? Uh, Are you going on that date? How are you feeling about me going on that date? You kind of are forced to have these convos. If you're in, I guess, a communicative ethical non-monogamy relationship, I'm sure there are some that maybe don't do check-ins. I'm just generalizing. But it's really important, even with your best friend, even with your siblings and your parents, do check-ins. It doesn't have to be once a week. It can be once a month or you can just have a phone call and like, yeah, like you said, schedule it in, but it doesn't have to be like a formal, like has to no. go from this time to this time. You can yeah. make it pleasurable and essential experience and make it juicy and fun and not just yeah. make it this like mechanical, like methodical like thing. Yeah. Yeah, because mm, if you if you do have a pressing question, which you know you think could raise like maybe some upset or um, you know just some discomfort in your partner, you know, saying we're going to meet at five o'clock straight after work and like let's sit down, they're probably going to be anxious and worried. But it's like instead of let's have a let's have a chat, it's you know <laughs> let, let's um, let's create some space for ourselves to really connect yeah. together and um, just free talk um and yes like you said pleasure it off I think that's awesome if you if you know you love a good charcuterie board make sure that's there I don't know dance beforehand or dance after Mm, mm, get the endorphins pumping whatever it is that makes it more sensual and comfortable and just like laid back for you and your partner I think is the way to go about it you could do it down at the beach you don't have to be at home um it could be out on a walk really whatever yeah yeah and like not so uptight you know you Mm -hmm. want to make these conversations free-flowing and like something that you and your partner can come back to at any point when you need them yeah yeah absolutely like you're sharing so much of your life with that person um or with those people and I think you bring such a good point like I knew that those check-ins and open conversations were so um common in poly but um yeah it's I think it's probably not like you're saying so common in monogamy because from you know how the world is set up it's like I was saying it's so couple centric and I feel like it's very much once you've got the person like it's a done deal you don't really have to do much more yeah and then you like people get into this pattern and this habit of assuming what their partner is thinking and assuming what they need because they think they know them so well. It's like an ego thing. They're like, oh, I know my partner so well. It's like, yes, you do, but you can't read their mind. You don't know exactly what's going on in their head. And that's why these check-ins are so fucking important. And I'm so happy that you brought up the topic of relationship check-ins because this is something I'm absolutely obsessed with at the moment. Um, I actually just did a post on my sunroom the other day about the importance of them. Yeah, and I love that we're talking about this because it's really like – fresh for me I guess in a way because Brody and I have really started prioritizing them sometimes we kind of get a bit slack um and that's mostly Brody to be honest like they get I think they get a bit overwhelmed by like you say some people get really anxious about this stuff mm-hmm. and they don't know how to actually uh some people do, uh, struggle with putting their thoughts into words and actually mm. explaining to their partner how they're feeling especially for people who were socialized as boys so amabs i think they struggle a lot to sort of pour their feelings out and pour their hearts out so i love how you're saying that it's really important to make it laid back and casual and not this like tense like awkward thing that can definitely induce anxiety for some people 
yeah that's it and like you're saying if you don't know if you're like if it's not so natural for you to articulate your feelings um sometimes yeah maybe you want to write it down and bring it in a notepad some little dot points or on mm. your phone or I know sometimes more time can give you more anxiety but depending on the person if you're if you're given sufficient amount of time for you like you'll have time over that week or whatever to actually think about what you want to say I know for me sometimes when questions um, are presented to me like in the moment I haven't had time to really formulate thoughts or bring together how I actually feel about it so I'm not going to probably be able to give the best response that I could give if I had a mold over it for a little bit like mm. for example um like you can edit this part out if you want um for <laughs> example <laughs> um you know us preparing for the podcast um you gave me some questions and I got a little bit of time to think and to mull over them and for mm. me that works better if we sat here and you threw questions at me I would just Oh, Thanks. dude, I'm the same. I'm the exact same. Yeah. yeah. yeah I need I a, some kind yeah. of rough guide. Yeah. 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 So much like check-ins, if you've got some time to really think about, like, how has the relationship been this month? Like, what have I had going on in my life and how have I been talking to my partner and what's our sex been like and, you know, what's made me anxious? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then maybe just making some dot points and you can actually get together and be like, you know what, I didn't think there was anything bugging me, but when I thought about it, it yeah. it's creating yeah. space to have these conversations because if you just you just go through life at a fast pace, you don't actually pause to have these check-ins mm. and these reflections, then mm. how are you actually going to grow as a couple or a thruple mm. or wh- whatever you are, as a polycule, mm. whatever your relationship yeah. style is? How are you going to grow? How are you going to expand that relationship? You can't do that if you're not checking in. It's kind of like journaling. You know how you, you do that for yourself. You do your own self-reflection. You journal. Mm-hmm. You might meditate. You might, um, I don't know, make some art or something to like get your thoughts out and express yourself and to reflect on how you're feeling. Whereas like in, I think, like I said, especially in monogamous relationships, I feel like especially couples maybe – even uh, E&M couples that like are, are living together, I feel like it'd be actually a lot less common. I don't know the stats on this, but a lot less common for them to do check-ins because they're living together and they're always around each other and they just get in this habit of like assuming the wants and needs of their partner. And that's, I think, where resentment can really fester. And I've seen yeah. it in my parents' relationship. And mm. I think a lot of boomers and older adults have mm. communication issues because they didn't grow up with Instagram and with all these psychological tools that we mm. have. Uh, and I really think that's why their relationship has gone to shit because mm. there's so much resentment and hatred mm. because they never actually communicated how they were really feeling about things. And that's really sad. And that's what can happen to your relationship. That's why check-ins are really important from the very early stages of your romantic relationship. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you could actually use a first date almost as a check-in. Yeah. yeah that sounds strange a little bit, but it just dropped for me, you know, like, who are you? What do you do in this world? How do you show up in this world? Um, what are your mm-hmm. biggest like achievements so far? What, yeah. what are any struggles that you have? Mm. Um, what's your social circle like? You know, obviously, Check them like, out. Like, yes, see yeah. if your values align. Yeah, that's right? it. Yeah. All the things that are important to you and that you would want to have known you can subtly ask them and get a bit of a bit of an idea if they align with yourself. Because at the end of the day, I, I think too many of us chase after people that simply don't align with us. I mean, we don't have to be, you know, um, if you love doing art and singing and traveling, I mean, your partner doesn't have to do all those things, but um, I think they have to be willing to maybe engage with them sometimes um, and just encourage you to engage with them is is essentially it. It's almost like, you know, you're putting your partner on a pedestal um, and you were saying it's quite egocentric to, oh, yeah, um, I think I was going to say, you know, you're talking about your parents and them just assuming that they know each other because they've been together so long. 
Um, and then that can lead to resentment because you're not inquiring and you're not open and curious. Mm-hmm. I think we've got to remember that as human beings, we are dynamic and that, you know, our, you know, sometimes our core fundamental parts of our personality may stay the same, but there's parts of us that do change and grow over our lifespan. Um, and so if you think about yourself in the past five or 10 years and what you've accomplished, what you've done and how you've changed and grown, that's only a short amount of time. If you are married or in some sort of relationship together for like 40 years, think of how much your partner has grown and how much you have grown from mm. the beginning to currently. Um, so I think that does drive home that you've got to keep relearning and redating and refalling in mm. love. With your partner I love that. Yeah. Because they're going to, they're an ever evolving being. Like mm-hmm. they're never, we're not stagnant. We don't stay the same. Um, so you're, almost having to get to re-know them in real time all the time mm. which is, is a funny concept but I that's think that's so true it's very relevant and how do you do that I mean I don't think you can always be curious but you have to catch yourself especially mm. when years by you have to catch yourself so I hope this is like a reminder a little um it spooks some people to catch themselves whether that they are even single or in the beginning of a dating phase or if they've been with someone for years you know like it's a little reminder to yeah make make some time for that yeah absolutely because you know you can literally save an incredible connection through relationship check-ins and assertive good communication and even if you're naturally not someone who is an assertive communicator and most of us aren't Mm. taught assertive communication as kids Mm. so we actually have to learn that through therapy or through just our own personal like you know introspection we have to like kind of Mm -hmm. teach ourselves how to do that and that can be really really challenging and that's definitely something that I'm going to teach more in my sunroom because I'm I'm super passionate about assertive Mm -hmm. communication and it's something that I've taught myself to do and it still freaks me the fuck out I still get really anxious when I assert boundaries and I tell people how I actually feel like for example I um I went on a date last night with this man who's 10 years older than me so he's 37 Mm -hmm. and I knew Mm -hmm. there was going to be like a bit of difference just because of the age gap and he's obviously grown up in a bit of a different you know time to me and He was actually quite transphobic, uh, which didn't really click fully until I left the day and actually had time to reflect on it. So what I did, I was, I really listened to my intuition during that date and I was getting a bit of a no, like I was enjoying our conversation. It was very intellectually stimulating because we had very different views on things. I enjoy like a healthy debate, but, um, there was things that he said and usually I would just fawn. So fawning is basically just going along with it. It's like a trauma response. And a lot of a lot of women, a lot of AFABs tend to fawn. And mm. because we're taught to be silent, especially when a man is talking or you're just meant to agree with the man, you know, talking about cis men, obviously. And um, mm-hmm. then I, yeah, he said some things like about pronouns. And then he said that he doesn't believe biphobia, transphobia, or like it's not called a phobia was his, um, Mm. without context, that was essentially what he was saying. He was like, phobias don't exist in the queer community. He said some other phrase to replace the phobia. And it was really confusing. I was like, I don't know what you're saying. And I just said to him, I usually wouldn't say this, but I was like, I don't agree with you. Like, I don't agree with you. Like, there is biphobia in the queer community. Like, there are all these things. And I Mm. asserted my personal opinion and Mm. view and literally facts as well to Mm. him. And that was intimidating for me to do because he's a lot older. He was had a very domineering personality. Mm. And I mm. think especially on a first date when you're getting to know someone, it's really easy to kind of fawn mm. because you don't want to seem like a bitch. You don't want to seem rude. You don't want to seem like you're just trying to be like, I don't know, just against him or like you're trying to be better. Do you know what I mean? There's all these thoughts that are going mm. through your head when you're like, because you're worrying about, usually you're worrying about what the other person's thinking of you because it's the first date and you want to have a good first impression generally, right? So I think that's a common case for many um, people who are socialized as girls is to to fawn in these situations. But I really challenge all of you to not do that, even if it's the first date, even if it's really hard. Um, 
even if you dissociate like I did just to just to go with it, you know, that's not necessarily healthy, but you need to practice. The more you like assert yourself, the easier it gets. And mm. it actually happened quite effortlessly for me, even though I was, I was scared to do it. Once it happened, I was like, oh, that felt so easy because I've been I practicing so over that. and over again. Mm. It's just practice or like I always call it like exposure therapy because it's real life therapy, you know, like you're you're conditioned and raised to, as you know, maybe an AFAB to be that certain way, you know, say yes, please. Or like, thank you when you get that and, you know, be polite and keep everyone happy and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, so you sort of subconsciously take these throughout your life in every form. Um, but yeah, and it can be really scary, but the more you practice it and the more you expose yourself to it, it just becomes a new normal for you. So then, you know, over time, it won't be so hard to be like, oh, actually, you know, like, thanks for sharing that, but that's not my opinion. Um, And this is why. Or you don't even have to justify yourself. You can just say, yeah. Exactly. I don't agree with that. Or I would would rather we speak about something else now. I don't feel comfortable talking about this topic. You have every right to do that. And even if you just say, look, even if you're feeling like you're really not vibing with the date, you can just be honest and just say, hey, I'm feeling a bit tired, like I'm a bit burnt out. I might just head home now. You don't have yeah. to, you know, Average give an explanation. Yeah. You can yeah. just fucking say, yeah, <laughs> you fucking transpo, yeah. bye. <laughs> yeah, you can do that too. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, my goodness, it was such a cooked day. I'm going to do a whole episode on it, but I'm really proud of myself. And honestly, it's a fucking hard thing to do. So if you do it, be proud of yourself. Celebrate that about yourself. Yeah, like yeah. really positively reinforce yeah. it and be like, yes, I did that. I can do it again. Tell I can all do your it friends. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell everyone. Make a podcast about Make it. Do it. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. So fucking hot in here and I don't have air con. My butt sweats oh. through the roof. My dress, <laughs> no joke, babe, it's literally saturated. I stood up and I was like, do you want to see it? You're like, it's, right. it's not a wap. It's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dab. It's a, it's a yeah. wab? It's a wet ass bum. It's a wab. We'll call it a wab. It's a wab. Yeah, it's a wab. I get I'm the, like, so filthiest butt and pussy sweat. I don't know why. Sweat just pours out of my asshole. Yeah, okay. It's like a nice, nice restaurant and you get up and you're like, oh, I'm just oh, going to just push it around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, story of my life. Okay, so next I have a question from someone on Instagram who asked, how can we establish and maintain healthy boundaries in relationships? And obviously we're speaking directly to romantic and sexual relationships in this particular episode. Mm-hmm. Um, what really stands out to me initially is when you're in a relationship, it's so common to, I think, forget about who you've been up until right now so a lot of people have the tendency to dedicate all their time to that partner start all these hot like start liking their interests start doing their things and then in doing so you've like you've neglected all the things that have made you you so what makes you you is your friends, your family, your own interests. Maybe it's what you study, where you work, everything and anything at all, the music you listen to, the food you like to eat. And sometimes when you don't appreciate every little part that makes you you, it's so easy to give it up. You know, at the end of the day, how beautiful is it to celebrate yourself and all the little intricacies that make you who you are? And I think... And I feel that if you don't truly cherish and celebrate all those little components of yourself that make you you, when you do end up in a relationship, it's going to be so easy to let them go. You don't really put yourself on a pedestal. Um, it's going to be easy to put your partner on a pedestal. And I'm not saying either person should be placed higher than the other, but if you just don't fucking cherish and adore all the things about you it's just going to be so easy to let them go so I think if that's a starting point because if you don't have that mindset it's going to be easy to not have many boundaries and to start losing yourself in a relationship and before you know it, you haven't seen your friends you haven't um, done things you like you don't enjoy like you don't make time to do the things that make you feel good 
Um, and so like, I know for me, I like, I love spending time at the gym. I love having my me days away from my partner. I like doing my readings at home. I like spending time at home. Um, I like seeing my family and having dinners with my nan or my dad or my mom, mm-hmm. um, like going to dance with my friends, all the things, you know, like doing podcasts like this, stuff like that. And all these things don't involve my partner um, and yep. they don't need to. Um, and I think it's really important to make sure that you're still living your life because, yes, you have a life growing together with a partner or with your partners, but at the end of the day, you, it's also important to learn how to be a single individual whilst in a relationship. Um, you know, it's not just I'm in a relationship. It's it's I'm still an individual that has my own individual needs and I'm also in a, in, in a relationship. Yes. So I yeah. think calling that for how it is and getting clear on if you're finding that slipping, start making a little like do a little list or do a little brainstorm or something about all the things that you used to do that really brought you joy. Like what bring a smile what brought a smile to your face and what made you happy, made you laugh, made you feel inspired, you know, um studying for me, like I will be studying all the time and that ensures that I have time away from my partner and I actually really love having that time to read and to learn. Um, and if I don't prioritize that, like I'm not prioritizing myself. So, you know, it's, I think knowing what you need to fit into your life and what fuels you, some of those things will be with your partner. And that's fantastic to have and to share, you know, like hobbies and interests together. And like, um, I know sometimes Pete and I like going skating. We haven't done that for a while, actually, but like that's something we enjoy doing together. But, you know, whatever it is that you you enjoy doing together, I think it's important to have that with your partner. But it's equally as important to have other people in your life um, that you connect with and equally make time for and all those sorts of things. So I think really just taking a step back, sometimes you get a bit lost in that relation relationship. Like I've said, we do often put them on a pedestal. Society is very couple-centric. Once you've got it, you've made it sort of thing. Um, and like you're saying, you can become quite um, content and absent-minded and and unaware of what's happening like we're talking about the couple check-ins so I think taking a step back and seeing the big picture and and thinking do I still do the things that I did before I met this person and if I don't why don't I do these things anymore and how Mm -hmm. can I bring them back into my life what do I need to do to start doing that again Um, and if your partner's not supportive of that that's a big red flag. That's a big no-no and you need to have a real conversation with them or you need to get out and put time back into yourself and invest back into yourself is like mm-hmm. my hard lot there, to be honest, because they're not respecting your boundaries and they're not respecting. Yeah. So I think um, that's just one way that, you know, that's the first thing that really stands out to me. If you can't, distinguish yourself as a separate person to your partner there will be no boundaries yeah um and again I'm a big advocate for just the best way for me to get a clear picture and to calm and to regulate my nervous system and my mind so I can make informed decisions it's like connect to land go to the beach go to the bush meditate sing dance laugh eat nourishing grounding food all those things are going to just regulate me calm me give me a really good platform to work work from um and to hopefully make a better decision it's no good make trying to make these decisions um and you know force your partner to do this or to see things your way when you're really pissed off and you're really angry when you've you know there's Go do those things, bring yourself back into like an equilibrium and then attempt to do like the check-in like we were saying. You know, mm-hmm. those check-ins really come back in here into establishing mm-hmm. boundaries. Um, and I think knowing like your self-worth and knowing who you are, what makes you you is really important as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. What do you think are some, uh, I guess a lot of us struggle with our self-worth, me in particular, yeah. I, I definitely do <laughs> It goes, <laughs> yeah. yeah and um I think that's something that I'd like to talk about actually is 
How do you think people who might have a lower sense of self-worth due to potentially mental illness, like for myself, that's related and tied into my complex PTSD, or just Mm. people who maybe have been in abusive relationships and Mm. have been stripped of a lot of their autonomy and maybe have are not feeling too good about themselves. How mm. would you, I guess, what what tips or or ideas could you give someone who's struggling to build up their self-worth so that they can be more confident asserting boundaries in a relationship mm. or just in dating? Yeah, in any of those. Yeah, I think initially just making, like you might just have these huge goals. I want to love myself. Like what the fuck? That's so far-fetched. And like there's this, concept in psychology called like cognitive dissonance and it's like your current self um who you actually are in reality right now and then your ideal self who you want to be so let's say like current amy's like oh i don't like myself i have and i have no self-respect no self-respect i'm staying in this shitty relationship and um i allow this and this and this to happen blah 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 but like ideal amy is like in a loving healthy relationship and i'm speaking my truth and i love like myself and i do all these things myself but like there's this huge gap and that huge gap can cause a lot of cognitive stress and a lot of cognitive um, discomfort for you. And so you almost become, humans are naturally wired to become fixated to fix that distress and to close that gap. So however that may manifest, it could be, you know, if you're single, it could be trying to like get a partner and you do whatever you can to get that partner, even if they're unhealthy. Um, So I just wanted to bring awareness that you're going to try to leap from maybe low self-worth to like self-love overnight like it's not going to happen overnight so that's a huge goal so I think really trying to break it down and to set the tiniest little achievable goals for yourself is the first step so um, self-love could literally be getting out of bed in the morning and having a shower and making your bed so it's mm-hmm. the, it, that is for some people a tiny little thing that they do in a second and for other people, that can take all of their energy. And I think if you can just, that is your one win for the day. That's all you need to focus on. Mm-hmm. Making the, I know it sounds so silly sometimes and so um, oversimplified, but I think some people probably need to hear it, is that giving yourself achievable goals to to work with can build up your self-esteem and your self-worth. Um, that is one way that you could look at it. So um and changing the language that you you use as well, I think, is really beneficial. Um, so, for example, a really common one um, I would say would be like you're late into work or you're late. Like, I don't know, maybe I was late to get onto the podcast or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think we could often use, oh, I'm so sorry I'm late. I'm so sorry I'm late. You know, traffic happened or I'm so sorry I'm late, um, yada, yada, yada. Um, and trying to reword that to thank you so much for waiting for me. Mm. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here now. Um, Thank you you for your patience is something that I like to use because it's kind of, yeah, like you said, it's turning it around. It's it's Mm. not like it's not falling into this almost like victim or like like mentality a little bit or like this like yeah this kind of it kind of does come from low self-worth it's like oh my god I'm so sorry I'm late or like and I still do that sometimes but I'm doing it a lot less yeah Yeah. um with my partner recently you know I was just feeling like I was really bloated leading up to my my period and when I feel bloated like I feel I have really bad um, body image days and Mm -hmm. I don't particular like sexual and that's the normal like I go through that when I was single and it was just what it was and now that I have a partner it's like oh like I know I probably want to have sex with them and he probably you know they want to have sex too and like I've called it how it was and I said oh you know like I have like I have my periods coming up and I'm bloated and I always just I just feel like I get bad body image days leading up to my period before I bleed and I don't feel really sexy and because I don't feel that way I don't have the desire to do anything and I was like you know I I still love having sex with you and being intimate with you Um, so it's nothing about you this is just for me and initially I was saying oh I'm sorry that like I'm feeling so mopey and I'm sorry that I you know Mm. and then I said I literally said to Pete I was like 
oh, I'm not sorry at all. And, and Pete's like, yeah, don't be sorry. And I was like, yeah, I'm not fucking sorry. Yeah, and, sass know, it up. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not about being sorry. So I really think using your language can start to rewire like those pathways in your mind mm, for how yes. you view yourself in this world slowly but surely maybe you really need to start writing that fucking shit down and like yeah and like rewrite just a couple of phrases that you notice yourself saying oh sorry excuse me when you're on the train I really try to say hi excuse me trying to get through um yeah rather than being like sorry 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 sorry. like oh I'm so sorry and I I do that too when I accidentally hit someone in the supermarket or I don't know somewhere that's busy and you're like sorry 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 but you haven't done anything wrong just an accident happens all right didn't see you there yeah yeah just trying to re and I, I think that sounds again it can sound really oversimplified for working with self-worth but it's these tiny little tangible everyday things that you're telling your brain what you're worth in your words so starting like that can really and if you just write down a couple of phrases that you do notice yourself saying and some alternatives just start with one or two and 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 implement them for a couple of months and see how that goes Um, absolutely catch yourself another big one is just you know I remember and I still say that here and there too um, I remember being in a work meeting and um, it came to my time to introduce myself. Um, I would have been in my early 20s and I said, I'm just a youth worker here or something like that. Oh, and, yes, that's a oh, such a point. Big fucking sigh. Yeah, yeah. and um, I think his name was Brad. He was like our drug and alcohol youth worker and he looked at me and he said, you're not just a youth worker and it was like you, you are, are. yeah you really made a big deal out of it and I thought oh you're right like that's true and I should I should and I will also saying. your socialization as well again like as so yes being socialized as girls mm-hmm. oh I'm just this I'm just that because we're trying to like almost Minimize. I guess belittle ourselves mm-hmm. in a way yeah. We're trying to put, it's like put, again, it's like putting men on a pedestal and trying not to be intimidating, trying not to be too Mm. much or Mm -hmm. trying to Mm -hmm. like, you know, stand up to the men and be like, yeah, you know? No, 100%. And Mm. that's it. And even though um, I was talking to one of my friends recently about how, even though, you know, I I identify as a feminist and I don't think I'm misogynist, I don't have internalized misogyny at the end of the day, I said, even like, I'm going to be pulling apart all these intricate parts of myself and I'm going to find some more fucking internalized misogyny in there like that for example you know that right there is me trying to be you know seen and not hurt like you know not heard and or not seen both of them to be honest you know like being smaller and being easier to deal with and not causing a ruckus and it's so disgusting to say that out loud and it makes me angry but and even when you think that you don't stand for it, you will catch bits of yourself where you really have to unlearn and relearn. Um, and I think a lot of this sort of internalized misogyny is linked to um, to like all of our self-worth, essentially. Oh, um, so is, yeah. So probably, actually, that's a really good way to put it is I would say that if you're dealing or struggling with lower self-worth, um, really do some research on how internalized misogyny forms and how it manifests because I think and mm. I feel I believe through addressing some of that in ourselves, we will probably start to be a little more easy and a little bit more loving towards ourselves um, mm. and that hopefully will filter through and allow you to make healthier relationship choices. Mm. Yeah. That's so such a good way, point, babe. That's such yeah. a good point. Yeah. I, I reflect how I, I said this to Pete the other day, how I used to show up when I dated, like, um, you know, even just a couple of years ago, I would not show up to a date without my high heels on. Yeah. I would try to always fake tan. I would have like some sort of bodycon dress on. 
I would mm. definitely always have my hair You have like the in. lead up. You have like oh. the, you cut your nails, you paint your nails, you shave your bikini oh. line, you wax, you shave your yeah. legs. You do, you have your whole yeah. like three day routine before the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so ridiculous. And it was always this fun particular way I looked. It was like the body con dress and the heel, like all mm. the time. And you know, um, like I go on date, like when I went on date with Pete, um, like put some heeled boots on. I, I wore see-through pants actually. They were like Ooh, saucy. Print. Yeah, but I wore this kind of like blazer thing and I didn't put my hair extensions in. And it was like fashionable and fun, but it was it wasn't like the stereotypical outfit that I used to wear. And then like I was saying earlier in our chats, you know, I was going on a lot of coffee beach sort of dates. So I'd just be in like um slides and you know denim jeans and you know and I kind of actually started to really into really lean into just presenting um you know I'd put effort in to make myself feel like nice um but I didn't feel an over like a huge need to pack on mm. makeup or yes. wear my hair in a particular way or... because you're not doing it for them you're no, not doing it to I impress someone you're confident it. in yourself and you're dressing yeah. how you feel like dressing on that yeah. particular day exactly and I think mm. you know that could be a really big sign too like do you always when you go out on a date or when you see your partner do you always have to look this particular way and always have to like does it is it through the male gaze like are you dressing yourself in a way that meets the male gaze um and just explore that you know you're allowed to like high heels and makeup and hair and mm. you know, sex dresses like you're allowed to that's fucking fantastic but are you always doing it and it's always only when you're going on a date or like something yeah that's a super yeah. important thing and I catch I've caught so many friends doing that over the years uh, mm. of, yeah, just freaking out, being like, oh, what should I wear for this day? What should I wear? What should I wear? You know, like freaking out mm. because it's like just be yourself, honestly. Mm. And, you know, because if you're looking for a partner or a sexual partner even, just a mm. casual sexual partner, is if that's the intention behind you going on a date and you just dress up like I am now, right, kind of like a sundress you know, Ooh. casual, no makeup, hair's a bit greasy, sandy, whatever, you know, rock up. If they don't like that you haven't put in effort, then fuck them. Why would you want someone like that in your life anyway? They're a tool. And also, fuck, you have put in effort. You literally woke up and got to the date. like that. Exactly. <laughs> and, like, you probably still look hot as fuck, so whatever. <laughs> exactly. And that's another reason why I liked doing, like, some dates that were, like, a bit of rock climbing or bushwalking because, like, I'd get – I remember going bushwalking with someone and I was so sweaty and I was so mm. gross. And he would, like, you know, he used to tease me about, like, how sweaty I was and how much I was puffing and I just thought it was funny because I'm, like – I'm just a human at the end of the day. Like you, you, exactly. you're going to see this eventually. So it's fucking fantastic that you're seeing it now. So why hide it? Like, yeah, so true. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, that's where I think a lot of, a lot of AFABs women's and femmes go wrong in dating. We're talking about dating, I guess, more cisgendered men here, like dating yeah, them and trying to like, kind of, yeah, like you said, kind of dressing to impress this like male gaze and mm -hmm. trying to, impress and show them that you're tidy you're clean you put in effort to your appearance because again that's coming from internalized misogyny you think yeah. you have to do these things for the man or he won't respect you he won't be attracted to you he won't want to fuck you he won't want to be with you whatever whatever the thought is maybe start yeah. writing down those things sit with that and say, yeah. okay, why do I feel like I have to put on a shit ton of makeup before I go on a date? Is it because I just enjoy doing my makeup and painting my face? No problem with that. Or is mm -hmm. it because I feel weird going on a date without makeup because that's kind of the standard, mm -hmm. you know? It's not saying that you have to go like, oh, my God, you have to go bare face, but maybe yeah. just try doing some, like, tinted moisturiser and, like, a little, like, mm. full coverage. Like, just try that yeah. out and see how that goes. Absolutely. Something I like to do if I'm going somewhere and usually during the day I won't put makeup on because I get quite sweaty, especially in summer. And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. and my makeup's yeah. pretty cheap and trash, to be honest, my foundation. So I'm like, that's only for like if I'm at a rave and it's dark. Um, 
and no one can see that it's not blended properly or whatever. Um, But I like to just curl my eyelashes and kind of comb my eyebrows or sometimes I'll fill them in, but I have pretty full eyebrows anyway. But that's what I like to do. If I just feel like zhuzhing up my face a little bit, I'll just curl my eyelashes so it opens up my eyes a little bit. And because I have quite long eyelashes naturally. So, and mascara kind of irritates me. It stings my eyes and shit. So I want to be comfortable, you know, and if you're like sweating and you're like at the beach and you've got like foundation and it's like, you're going to be uncomfortable, you know, you don't want that. (laughs) All of those are like, yeah, just noticing in yourself what you do, what are your habits? Mm. Um, And there's so many where I'm like, I definitely want to drive home. Like don't want to shame anyone for wearing makeup or dressing a certain way, but is it tied to something? Like what's it tied to? Yeah. Um, I think that's going to really lean into, yeah, understanding how you see yourself and what, where, like what level of self-worth that you have. Um, And again, really like putting putting the focus on that internalized misogyny um and I hopefully if there's like you know cis men listening what do you mm. expect from these like you know cis women when they're coming on these dates like um do you expect them to be looking a particular way or behaving a particular way um and I'm just I'm really just narrowing in on that like heteronormative like yeah topic here. but fuck I mean everyone it's for everyone um if you're on the opposite end and you're listening um, and you think people have to look a particular way or behave a particular way, like inquire within yourself because it's not just on one recipient, one person in the dynamic to do all the work. It's really on both fucking ends. Like we've yeah. all got to do the work. Mm-hmm. So, totally. Yeah. And I seriously, I caught myself like I went on a date a few weeks ago and it's the first date I've been on in ages with well, what I thought is a man, but he's actually kind of questioning his gender identity. But yeah. for the sake of this conversation, a man, an AMAB. And I actually got really excited because I was like, I haven't been on a date in so long. And I hadn't bought new clothes in ages. So I actually bought two new dress- dresses that were on sale and they were things that I would oh, yeah. totally not like wear mm. usually. And I mean, I guess they look good on me. They suit me. Like they're my you know, the colours and the styles, I guess. But then I now I'm kind of like, do I even want to wear these? Like, I just don't really mm. like them. And I kind of just, like, impulsively was like, I'm going on this date. Like, I have to wear a dress. Like, I want to wear heels. And, like, we just ended yeah. up sitting in the back of my van. We didn't even end up going out. So I just felt a bit ridiculous in this, like, t- little dress that was, like, flopping everywhere and, like, making my bum itchy because of the material. <laughs> I was like, why am I doing this? Like, why did I buy these dresses? Like, just so just for this date, you know? And I think yeah. it was almost so internalized misogyny of being like I want to like look hot and really femme and like but I don't generally like if I go out I don't really wear stuff like that yeah. you know it's so to catch yourself in these moments and to mm. just because like they just come up so randomly as well and if yeah if, like that isn't your typical style interesting that it would come about for a date you know with this cis man mm. So yeah. strange. Anyway, so I, mean, I need to unpack that for myself. <laughs> but... on the other, on the other end, it's like I always feel that I do dress quite fair. Like I just like wearing, I don't yeah. know, yeah, for example. And then you know what? I put on like Pete's clothes, and I actually hella like hella like them on me. Like just Cute. some like just some cool like chino pants, like some green ones, and like just some like muscle cut like band tee or whatever with like a, like oh I was so loving it I was like this looks so oh, good on me such a vibe <laughs> I oh, love maybe, that like me to explore a bit more of that too because yeah know, like, I've always explored myself in the you know I like in the world as kind of presenting in this particular way and I'm like mm-hmm. I know like does it matter who yeah it just doesn't matter like explore how you express yourself yeah. and I think you'll learn more about I think that in itself will also in like inform your experience in dating and love and self-worth and because it's so I think sometimes people are attracted to you not based off of like yeah the actual attraction of your face or whatever the body your body shape but actually how you present in the world you know I think there's a lot of attachment when you're dating someone they could really like the way that you present yourself and if it's not Mm. true then you know, if how you're presenting yourself and showing up isn't true and authentic for you, when that fades and changes and you can't keep up with that anymore, you know, yeah. It's going to look a bit silly and it's they're going to be a bit confused. Yeah. I mean. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. And, like, if you're someone like me who's quite fluid with, I guess, how you dress and, like, you go from yeah. really masked to, like, 
mm. not really mask, I guess, but then to really femme, then mm. that's a different story. But yeah, if you're complete, like say if you usually wear like pants or like shorts and like a top or something, mm. and you don't really mm. like dresses or, or skirts or femme stuff, but then you're like, oh, I'm going on a date with a cis man, I better wear a dress or I better like appeal to male gaze. <laughs> check yourself, like check, check yourself. yourself. Yeah, Makes absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think like for me, like these dresses that I bought were just not even my style at all. And I think part of me was like almost trying to like push myself out of my comfort zone with how I dress. But then I was just like kind of glad I explored it. And now I'm like, no, that's really not for me. Why did I do that? Eek. So, yeah, it's it's really self-exploration. Yeah, it is. Mm. I think like give yourself the permission to explore. And, yeah, if it doesn't feel comfortable. <laughs> Can it. <laughs> Bin it. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. Should we move on to the next question? Yeah, um, yeah. So this, I think, is the final question now. Yes, it is. Um, okay. I feel like we've kind of actually already touched on this, so I don't really think we need to go into it because the question is let's chat about the importance of finding meaning outside the relationship dynamic. And you kind oh, of discussed that yeah. earlier, actually, which is perfect. I, yeah, I remember you saying that, and I didn't write this one down, but, yeah. I but, think you, yeah, we don't really need to go into that. And we have 10 minutes important. left. Okay, yeah. because that so, is an important one, but we've talked about yeah, it. Yeah, no, so. we've already talked about it, and I don't think we need to go into it again. So, uh, Amy Love, is there anything else you would like to add to this conversation before we wrap up? Yeah, because I'm sure the listeners haven't had enough of our voices. <laughs> yeah, this is going to have to be a three-parter, I think, at this point, but I love it. Good content. Um, I think just being gentle and kind with yourself, you know, when you're trying to find manifest or, you know, invite in a person or people that you can have genuine connection with, it can be really difficult. Uh, the process can be tricky. Um, so I think just being gentle and kind to yourself and, you know, taking that time to unlearn and to relearn um, how you see and feel all things, sex, love and relationships. Um, and yeah, I think just, I just want to encourage anyone that is listening to, yeah, just take some time for yourself like today or sometime soon and like, take yourself out on a date and just get to know yourself. I think that's step one. I think it's so important. Yeah. Yes. That would be I a love little that. reminder. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, where can my listeners find you? Um, and do you have any mm. offerings or things you'd like to share? Yeah, totally. Um, so my handle's pretty much the same on everything. So it's um the new normal sexology, um, which is on Instagram. My website's the same, so www.thenewnormalsexology.com. Um, I think I'm on TikTok too, which I just started to re-upload onto. I think it's, yeah, cool. again, the new normal sexology. Um, and my podcast, which is on, um, yeah, you can listen to it on uh, Spotify. Same thing, new, mo- new normal sexology. Um, so, which I'm sure you'll link all in your in your belows. So I will. So not too yes. hard to find. Um, but what am I offering? So if you're Perth-based or Borloo-based, um, my friend Sean and I are co-facilitating a workshop called Pathways to Pleasure. So it's for couples or for anyone that is just comfortable coming along with a friend um, to basically explore your erogenous zones and to learn how to have like amp up your sex life without being focused on your genitals and like penetrative sex, essentially. Mm-hmm. So exploring sensations, impact, um, other bits and bobs like that um and some offerings I have I've got um I'm in the middle of finishing them up so they should be up soon but free downloadables for the couple's check-ins um and then also sort of like a on being single guide so just a little like friend there along the way to remind you that you've got this shit um and that being single is actually really great and really fun um and yeah I'm starting to launch my sex coaching so if you do want to you know you're like head on over or ask me any questions about that just hit me up because I haven't got it on my website yet but yeah sex coaching to go through anything we've talked about today essentially or any burning questions you have we can book you into a session so amazing yeah they're all my offerings thank you so much babe that was such a dense conversation I'm so excited for people (laughs) to let me do it yay thanks so much for coming on the podcast and we'll definitely have you back oh I love you so much love you too okay bye it would mean so much to me if you could leave a review or a rating so on Spotify they have like a rating system so it's out of five stars if you love the pod give me a five star babe and 
on Apple Podcasts. I'm pretty sure it's a review. I don't know about Google Podcasts and other apps, but just check it out. And yeah, just leave me a kind review. (laughs) It really helps the visibility of the podcast so we can reach as many sluts as possible. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Blood Slut. I hope you found this episode valuable. And if you would love to hear Amy on the podcast again, you can send me in some topics you would love for us to discuss together. You can email me at gem at imawildgem.com or you can send me a DM on Instagram at the blood slut that's t-h-e blood slut you can also check out my website imawildgem.com and keep in mind my new business name is gem campbell nutrition and sexology i just haven't changed my domain and email address yet so bear with me i know it's a little bit confusing but if you're new to my work my previous business name was i'm wild gem hence the imawildgem.com Also, don't forget to jump on the waitlist for the Three Your Flaps Mastermind on March 15th. It's an online event and it's my first online event actually. Uh, And it's from 11am till 1pm Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. So that's essentially Sydney time. So uh, look up your time zone and make sure you can come. And if you can't come live, there will be a replay So that'll be just as wholesome, just as juicy. But I really do encourage you to come along live because it's going to be fucking epic. So if you're someone who has really struggled with the way your vulva looks, this is for you. Okay, it's time that we fall in love with our pussies so that we can have more fulfilling and pleasurable and confident sex lives. I'm Jem Campbell and I will catch you next week. Oh, and remember, I'm on holidays at the moment still. So if I'm taking a while to get back to your emails or DMs, that is why I am back in the last week of Feb. Love you. Bye.